I get emails from people all the time being like, you know, I really want to go to XYZ and I, you know, been waiting for someone to go with me and nobody will go with me. Do you think I should go myself? And I'm always like, yes, of course. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey everyone, we have officially made it to episode 60 of the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. And today we are sitting down with Miss Amanda Williams, who is a solo traveler, continuing with our theme, and blogger at A Dangerous Business. And if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you may have noticed something familiar about that title. Um, anyway, what's really cool about Amanda is that she blogs about solo travel all the time. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today is on her blog in one way or another. And that means that if you find it interesting or like what you hear, there is a whole lot more where it came from. And I have a feeling you're going to like Amanda anyway. She is just a small town Ohio girl turned world traveler. And she has a lot of really great advice to share. So let's go ahead and get right into it. All right, I've got Amanda Williams on the line. Amanda, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am good. Thank you for asking. Um, where are you right now? I am at home in Ohio. Uh, we just got like the first major snow of the winter, which is pretty exciting and really like out of character for Ohio in winter. But that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm almost snowed in. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so you don't normally get snow there? No, we do usually get snow, but we usually start getting snow in about like October or November yeah, okay. at, at least. And we literally didn't get any snow until January this winter, which was crazy. That's so crazy. But for me, that's like, woohoo. I don't know. I mean, I'm from Montana and whoa, the winters there are crazy. And this year oh. I'm, I'm happily sitting in Germany where it's like, okay, it's not perfect weather, but it's not snowy. and I'm happy about that. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's start first by I have to, I, I can't hold this in any longer. Your blog is called A Dangerous Business. And I love that so much. Yes. Um, because <laughs> I am a huge Lord of the Rings <clears throat> nerd fan. And um, I, I mean, as soon as I, I heard the name of it, I thought, I wonder if that's why. If that that's what it's from. And then when you click on it and actually go to the page, it's obvious because you got the little illustration and it's like <laughs> she's yeah. walking out of the Shire. And I love it. Um, yeah, I'm a really big nerd, too. And, and I love it when people like get where it's from automatically because a lot of people don't. They have no idea where it's from. And so that's mm -hmm. why I have like quote on the home page and, yeah. you know, the illustration. Hopefully, like, hint at, you know, I'm not really writing about dangerous things. Just, <laughs> yes. Just from a quote. <laughs> I love that. I'm actually going to read the quote so that if anybody has no idea what we're talking about, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll clue in right now. It's a dangerous business going out to your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no telling where you might get swept off to. And that's actually Bilbo says that in the movies. That's a J.R.R. Tolkien quote from The Lord of the Rings. And uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, nerds unite. Yay. Um, yes. <laughs> and it's such a beautiful illustration, too. You guys have to go to it. It's dangerous-business.com. That's Amanda's travel blog. Yes. 
and the uh, the illustration was actually done by a fellow travel writer, blogger, illustrator. Um, her name's Candice, and um, Candice who? Candice Re- Reardon. Yeah. Reardon. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I definitely yes. I know her. She does the Tbex illustrations and all that, and, and very stuff, cool. And own like illustrated things as well mm-hmm. uh, she's awesome and so she did my illustration very cool good one i love it it's beautiful um so now that we've fully gone into lord of the rings here why don't we talk about the actual blog and talk about you um why don't you tell us who you are and um where you come from we know that you're from ohio but what's what's your story correct yeah so i'm from ohio um i grew up in a pretty small town, went to a really small high school, you know, kind of the typical Midwestern girl growing up type of uh, background, I guess you could say. Um, I got a degree in journalism in college in Ohio. Again, I pretty mm-hmm. much haven't, I didn't really leave the state very much when I was younger, which is which is crazy. A lot of people assume that, you know, I must have always been traveling or mm-hmm. that my family must have traveled a lot. And that's how I kind of got the travel bug. But it's not necessarily the case. Um, I actually didn't even leave. Well, I guess I made like trips to Canada and that sort of thing when I was younger. But my first big trip was the year I graduated high school. And it, going back to, to the Lord of the Rings connection, <laughs> um, that trip, I went to New Zealand with my mom and we did a Lord of the Rings tour of New Zealand. Oh, and that was you've done that. That's so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome, and yes, the nerd in me just, you know, like, almost died, mm-hmm. but um, that, that was really my first big trip out of the country, and I was uh, 18, almost 19 at the time, and it just definitely kind of instilled in me that, that desire to travel and see the world and, and learn new things about different countries and cultures and, and that sort of thing, um, so I got a journalism degree, and I started working at a newspaper out, out of college, I traveled a little bit then, but when I was working at the newspaper, that's when I decided to start a travel blog because I was actually working as a copy and layout editor. So I was editing stories and designing pages of a newspaper and stuff, which, I mean, is kind of cool. But for someone who's always really loved to write, uh, it wasn't mm. necessarily very mm. fulfilling just because I didn't get that opportunity to write or tell stories or anything. So I decided, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to start a blog. Because that was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the thing, the thing to do <laughs> five yeah. or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to start a travel blog because I had traveled a little bit and obviously had like been to New Zealand. And um, I actually studied abroad in New Zealand when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of like stories to tell about New Zealand. So I started there and it just kind of like took off. And then um, after maybe about a year or so of of blogging, I decided to go back to school and I actually got my master's degree in uh, tourism management. So that kind of just, uh, I guess, reinforced my love of travel and tourism. And I I used all the time off that I had from grad school to travel. And um, then when I was done with school, I kind of just decided, you know what, I may just give this blogging freelancing thing a try. Um, which I did for about six months and then I pretty much went broke <laughs> mm. <laughs> because freelancing isn't, it isn't quite as easy as a lot of people assume it is. Yeah. So now I, now I'm based in Ohio. I kind of, I gave the long-term travel thing a go and it didn't, it wasn't really for me. You know, it's one of those things that's not necessarily the right type of travel for everybody. Um, some people, who are digital nomads and, and all of those buzzwords and things who are constantly on the move or they live abroad or, 
or whatever um, is awesome. And I totally thought that that's what I would want to do. But Mm -hmm. it turned out that, uh, you know, traveling that fast is just, well, for me, when I travel, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely have a problem where I try and like stuff too much (laughs) into a short period of time. So I get burnt out really, really quickly. And I haven't quite found a way to balance that out yet. So um, that's why I'm in Ohio. That's my home base. So I, I do, I travel pretty frequently, but it's usually just a couple weeks at a time. And then I like to come home and, you know, sleep in my own bed and cuddle with my cat and hang out with my boyfriend. And so yeah. my, uh, style of travel is a little bit different, but I, I guess that's, that's more or less my story. So now I, um, kind of do a mixture of freelancing and some contract work and, uh, some some different ways to to make sure that I have the time to travel and I can work remotely or work from home or wherever I happen to be, but still have that home base in Ohio to come back to. Mm-hmm. That's I think that sounds like perfect. I mean, you say you're kind of struggling to like find the balance sort of that sounds amazing because I mean, I am on the other side of it right now. I'm the I'm the digital mo- nomad on the go and it's exhausting. Right. I mean, it's I love it. it can be. And I chose this, like, I, this is where I want to be, but it, it, it can be very exhausting. I mean, I've been staying with a friend in Leipzig in Germany for like over a week now, and we haven't done hardly anything. And I'm like loving life. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you don't, oh, the idea isn't always to be constantly on the go. I mean, we have to have time to, especially as, you know, we're writing and working. I mean, you have to make time for that. Yeah. Yeah, So how long did you actually last when you were, when you gave, when you gave it a go, long-term travel? (laughs) Um, well, I, I had originally planned maybe like a six or seven month round the world trip. Like I was going to spend a few months in Europe and then go to Asia and, you know, maybe, maybe stop in New Zealand on the way home or something. And I only made it through three months in Europe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And after that, um, I mean, number one, I was pretty much broke because I'm sure, as you know, as a freelancer, people don't always pay on time. And, you know, you sometimes get to a point where you literally are waiting for so much money and payments that you like have nothing to spend. And that's, that's the point. That's where I was. And, um, I was just exhausted from, from traveling way too fast. And I know that I was traveling way too fast, but I don't know that, like I said, for me, it's hard to strike that balance because when I go somewhere new, you know, I want to see everything. I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to convince myself like, oh, maybe you should just like slow down for five days and not do anything. (laughs) And and I'm just like, no, I can't. Yeah. Um, so after three months, I was really, really tired and almost out of money. And so I decided to postpone the second half of my trip. And I went home for the holidays. And uh, it actually worked out really well. I did go to Asia later, but it ended up only being for like two months instead of three or four like I'd originally planned. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I mean, some people might say, oh, you didn't give it enough of a chance or whatever. But I just kind of knew after those three months in Europe that it was just not not really the right style of travel for me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy always stressing about money or about, you know, finding a a place to stay in the next town, like every few days. You don't Um, find that enjoyable. (laughs) That's a joke. If you can't tell. Oh my gosh. some Some people do. They like, you know, they kind of get a high off of that. Um, 
I don't know if it's just like the kind of adrenaline that goes along with, you know, you get to a new place and you, you don't know where you're going to stay and you don't know what you're yeah. going to do. That's and it's cool really for exciting. like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think too. So, so for me, you know, it didn't work out, but yeah. that certainly doesn't mean that like, you know, there aren't right. other forms of travel or different ways to travel. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of a matter of me figuring out what works and what doesn't for my personal travel style. Definitely. So did you take that trip by yourself? Uh, I did mostly. Yes. I'm trying to think. My very first trip to Europe, I I actually traveled around Europe for two months, but I did a couple of uh, small group tours on my own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that three-month stint in Europe was, yeah, mostly on my own. I did, um, I did, I want to say one group trip in the Greek islands, but again, it was on my own. So, right. uh, I mean, that's something that, that's always interesting to talk about with people because when they hear solo travel, they assume that you're just like, if you're traveling solo, you always have to be by yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not solo travel. Yeah. Uh, which isn't necessarily true. Like, I, when I travel by myself, I like to do stuff in small groups. So I've traveled with like mm-hmm. intrepid travel. Um, I've traveled with bus about, which is kind yep. of, um, yep. a neat concept. It's like a hop on, hop off bus service all around Europe. So yep. when I was there for those three months, I actually traveled with them for about a month, but it's like, you kind of just book the buses as your transport and then you can spend as long as you want in each city. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of neat because it, you know, it let me, I, I got to meet people on the buses who were going to the same place as I was. And, mm-hmm. and it was kind of just a nice way to be alone, but yet not really have to worry about how you're going to meet people or, or anything like that. So yeah, it was mostly solo, but uh, solo sometimes with other people. If that Absolutely. Makes sense. Totally. Actually, that's, um, I really think that's a recurring theme of solo travel. I think it's one of the major themes of solo travel is that you're actually with people a lot. And it it also kind of depends on on where you are. There are some, I think there are some destinations that lend themselves a little easier to to getting into group travel, whether it's organized or not. Um, But it's funny that you mentioned Bus About because I actually traveled with them this summer and I did a couple of their... uh, organized tours, not the hop on hop off that you're talking about, which sounds absolutely brilliant to me because it was great. It was such a, I mean, I thought it was a lot. Well, I can't actually speak to this because I haven't done like a rail pass or anything in Europe, but for me, it was fantastic because like I said, you were automatically meeting people on the buses and those people were going to the same places as you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of had like a built-in network of people that you already knew and that you could hang out with. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, if you're traveling around Europe by train or maybe on your own by buses, it's, I think it can be a little bit harder to meet people, especially mm-hmm. if you're on the shy side, like yep. I tend to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you do any of their organized tours as well? Um, I did on my very first trip to Europe. I did one of their Eastern Europe tours, but I ha- I didn't do any of the ones that were on their like hop on, hop off routes. Which one in Eastern Europe did you do? Um, I forget the name of it, but it went from Istanbul to Split, Croatia. So we okay, went through yeah. like Greece and Albania and Montenegro. And like the classic like Balkans tour. I think maybe that was called something like that. Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah you know, 
I did. Um, I did the. I, I I went sailing in Croatia with them for a week this summer, and then I did the one that goes from Split to Istanbul. So the backwards oh, of yes, basically. You what, did the, yeah, the reverse. Except you went through a different. Like you guys went through Greece, and um, we didn't go take that route. But oh my gosh, I remember thinking this is. I, I wanted. I actually. I jumped on this when you said it because I think this is a brilliant point for solo travelers. Is that I. Seriously, I mean, I've had some really fun trips <laughs> throughout my travels, and Busabout was right up there. I mean, I had so much fun on those. I did it for two weeks back to back, and you find that a lot of the people on those trips will tr- will do them like back to back, or they'll you know jump yeah. off for a week and then they'll jump back on in a different place or whatever. You like see people you're you're making friends and moving on to the next place. If I mean, I would say. If anybody who's listening to this hasn't heard of Bus About and is interested in not traveling alone, but taking a trip by yourself, look into that because it's also very affordable, I think. Yeah, um, it is. It and is. and, and you, you are mostly like staying in hostels and that sort of thing if you're you're going, if you're booking stuff through Bus About. But you can also, you know, if you don't want to stay in a hostel, you can stay wherever you want and still um, kind of get that. That vibe of still traveling with other people, especially on the hop on hop off routes, I exactly. think that's one of the the most fun ways to see Europe, especially if it's your first time. And yeah, a lot of the people that I was traveling with were were they were doing the hop on hop off like all summer, pretty much, and then they were they were booking some of the guided tours because a lot of the hop on hop off routes um, will match up with some of their guided trips, like their Italy trips or their mm. sailing trips, mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. Or if you're if you're Going in the fall, you know, you could do Oktoberfest and all this other cool stuff. And and on the buses, yeah. they're always telling yeah. you what kind of what kind of uh, festivals and events and that that sort of thing is coming yeah. up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> now we kind of diverged. I know about we totally about. did. I'll I'll <laughs> put a a link and some it. information yeah. to bus about on the show notes page. But yeah, that's because um, I, I mean I I've read I wrote I wrote all about my trips there and I with them and I had such a good time. So that's definitely legit. I would highly recommend doing that. That's just a good tool, you know, because sometimes it is scary. And if and if you know that there is an affordable like cool group of people going or cool tour group, you know, going where you want to go, it it's it's definitely okay to say I want to take a solo trip. But I don't really want to go alone. Let's, you know, like if if you need and I don't want to say that like people aren't resourceful or can't handle it. But if you need a hand, you know, kind of like it's like they kind of just hold your hand a little bit. And that can be really comforting if it's your first trip or you're not very experienced with travel. Um, so it's, it's definitely a great resource. There's absolutely like nothing wrong with that. And in fact, sometimes when I'm traveling alone, I like to mix it up and add in like a small group trip here or there just because you know, when you're just completely by yourself all the time, like you cut, you, you kind of get into a routine with yourself, but you're mm-hmm. not necessarily interacting a lot with other people if you're just, you know, 100% on your own. So it's nice sometimes, like you said, just to have a group of people that you're guaranteed to be hanging out with. And I found too, with a lot of the tours that I've done that, Almost everybody who books them, whether it's like a trip with Intrepid Travel or G Adventures or Bus About or any of the other group stuff that I've done, people who tend to book that sort of thing, they all kind of have 
very similar um, attitudes and outlooks and interests. I mean, yeah. everybody there is interested in traveling and interested in seeing the places that you're visiting. Mm-hmm. So you kind of automatically have stuff to talk about. Yeah, and instant friends. Exactly, instant friends. And and then, of course, the, the nice added bonus of having somebody else worry about, you know, how <laughs> you're getting to your accommodation or, like, how you're getting to the next city. Uh, it could just kind of be a nice break from traveling completely on your own. So that's, mm-hmm. that's another way to look at it. I mean, it's great for first-time solo travelers, but it's also nice that personally, I think, if you just kind of need a break and you want somebody else to take care of the details for a while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, <laughs> let's actually touch on the whole traveling alone part, because that is a big thing. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure you agree with this, but the reason that most people, I would say, travel alone is maybe not necessarily because they're, you know, hell bent on, I don't know, I guess I can say that on my own show, on um, like... <laughs> you know, traveling alone and doing something for themselves. But most of the time it's because somebody else just won't go with them. You know, they can't find the right person or, you know, who has the right amount of vacation or wants to go to the same place. I mean, it's hard to find travel buddies. And so we end up taking these trips by ourselves, right? Yeah, I I definitely think so. I I get emails from people all the time being like, you know, I really want to go to XYZ and I, you know, been waiting for someone to go with me and nobody will go with me. Do you think I should go myself? Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's one of the biggest kind of hindrances to, uh, to travel for a lot of people is just that they maybe aren't confident in traveling by themselves or they just assume that they won't have any fun unless they're traveling with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so they just like put off and put off and put off these trips because like you said, they can't find someone to go or can't find someone who wants to go where they want to go. And uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a big catalyst for why people do decide to travel solo. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you have I mean, I know you do because I'm cheating and I'm looking at your website, but do you have um any places in mind particularly that are that you would advise for solo female travelers? I mean, maybe let's just say forget this, forget the female part, like just traveling solo. Are there any places you found that are particularly easier or more fun than others? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've written about it a few times on my blog. Um, I think if it's your very first solo trip and the first trip, I mean, well, the first time with anything Mm -hmm. can be really overwhelming and daunting, whether it's traveling or, you know, driving a car or whatever it is that you're trying to tackle. So I think uh, for first time solo travelers, whether you're female or male, uh, there definitely are some destinations that I think are just easier to travel in. And mostly they're destinations where people speak English. You're not going to have any trouble uh, getting around or like finding your way to a bus stop or hotel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and this does mostly apply obviously to like Americans, Canadians, Australians, that, that sort of demographic of traveler. But um, some of the, my favorite locations to travel solo have been places like New Zealand, uh, Scotland, Ireland is also great. Scotland and Ireland have some of the nicest people on the planet. (laughs) They will always help you if you need help. 
Um, I also really love places like Scandinavia. I went to Norway solo earlier this year, and it was a really cool place to travel. It's it's very safe. It's very um, easy to get around, and pretty much everybody speaks perfect English, probably mm-hmm. even better than I do in some cases. Um, so it was never really an issue. You know, I didn't. I never worried about a language barrier of any mm-hmm. sort. Um, another place that I love to travel. Uh, solo or with other people is Iceland. Iceland is like such a hot destination right now. Like every, it seems like everybody wants to go there and it's for good reason. I mean, there's like amazing landscapes and really cool stuff to do. And the people are really friendly and easy to, um, to get along with and to talk to, but it's also a really small country. So it's, it's not quite as overwhelming as like saying, Oh, I'm going to go to Canada by myself. I mean, Canada is <laughs> another great destination, but it's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look at a map of Canada and you're like, oh my God, where do I go? Um, whereas smaller countries like Iceland or New Zealand or Scotland, I think are a little bit, not only are they easy to travel in, but they're kind of easy to compartmentalize and kind of decide where you want to go because they're not like huge and mm-hmm. you don't have like millions mm-hmm. of options. So those would be some of my picks. I think that's a really good, there's a couple of things that, that you brought up in there that are really good points. First of all, the language barrier, and I actually want to come back around to that in a second, but the size of the country is a totally different thing. And I think where I have discovered the, the difficulty with this has been South America, for example, because the countries there are literally so big. Like they're just so big. It takes a long time to get from point A to point B. Um, it's not as cheap to fly. Like there, there, there are logistical problems that present themselves in places like that, where in other places they're kind of completely dissolved just because of the yeah. layout of the country. Yeah, and, and I think, too, sometimes, like, I, I haven't been to South America yet, and part of that is that exact reason is that the countries are so big. Like, yeah. I know I would really like to go to Brazil, mm-hmm. but Brazil is <laughs> so, so big, big, and there are so many places that I feel like I would want to visit that literally figuring out the logistics and, like, planning an itinerary stresses me out just thinking about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, like, one of the reasons yeah. I haven't gone there yet because – when you are traveling solo, I mean, one of the things that you have to kind of learn to adapt to is the fact that, you know, you are 100% responsible for your own trip, right? So you're doing all the planning, you're figuring out, you know, transportation and, and where where the best hotels are and that sort of thing. And that can get really daunting, if, if especially if you're not used to it, or especially, like you said, if you're tackling like a huge country where there's so many options. For me, that gets like overwhelming when there's just like so mm-hmm. much to choose mm-hmm. from. Totally. Totally. Um, I'm now I'm, I'm I'm thinking because I'm about to get on a plane to Argentina. Actually, I'm, I'm getting really excited. But I think what I was going to say was in that case if if in my head when i want to go to a country that's like so big that there's so many places that's when i would say okay let's look at a tour like an organized tour and what does it include and can i afford it um i totally agree and i also think too if it's like the first time that you're visiting someplace um doing some sort of tour can be a great way to just introduce you to the country Mm -hmm. you know like if you really want to go to Brazil, but you are still overwhelmed at the thought of planning something, look look for a tour that goes to maybe like three or four of the main places that you would want to go. And then that's like a great 
introduction to Brazil. And if you really love it, you can always go back some other time and like do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, Explore yeah, different parts. That's, that's certainly yeah. a good way to kind of like ease yourself into some of those countries that might be a little bit more overwhelming at first glance. Yeah. Or move there and stay for a little bit. I mean, that because honestly, that's <laughs> that the other thing that comes to mind is if you can go and, and base yourself somewhere, I mean, it's kind of like seeing Europe this way, you know, go and base yourself somewhere and take trips and visit all the different places. You can do that in one big country as well. Um, yeah, definitely. To, to get around. But, um, okay. So circling back to the, uh, cause logistics is definitely one of the things with, you know, making travel easy. But the other one is the language barrier. And I noticed that most of the, all of the places that you just mentioned are English speaking. Um, and that's a really good point. If, if the idea of traveling solo does make you nervous, then you're going to want basically as much help as you can get in a way. What I mean by that is if you show up somewhere where they don't speak your language, it's going to be harder to go out to a bar and meet locals and like get into the culture. Like it's going to be almost impossible if you can't speak the language. And so thinking about it that way, if, if you're not really comfortable with the logistics yet, um, you know, look at the English speaking countries and put those higher up on your list because that will at least get you more comfortable, you know, with the process. Right. And, and then you can kind of try and tackle some of the other places. That being said, though, there are a lot of places where, cause, cause basically my point here is they do not speak English everywhere. So just be really wary of that. Um, right. <laughs> one of the other. There, there are, of course, though, there are, of course, plenty of countries that are just really, really popular with travelers or with backpackers. Like if you want to go to Southeast Asia, yeah, Thailand yep. is like a perfect destination for our first solo trip in Southeast Asia, just because it like it has so much experience with tourism that especially if you're going to like the popular places like Bangkok mm-hmm. or Chiang Mai, yep. uh, that even even some of the Thai islands. People do speak enough English where you'll be able to get by and there are tons of other travelers and backpackers and that sort of thing. So like, you know, there are some destinations that they're not necessarily English speaking, but they have such a reputation among travelers that you'll still be okay. Exactly. Like you said, if it is something that you're worried about, then pick a destination that speaks your native language, whether that's English or something else, yeah. and and make that your first solo trip. It doesn't have to be, you know, your first solo trip doesn't have to be to like Kazakhstan or, yeah. or Romania yeah. or, you know, somewhere <laughs> that's it's a little less visited right now. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be it's, if you're looking for ease because um, or for confidence even because anywhere that's going to be on the main traveler circuit is is going to be where you want to go, I think, because anywhere that's off the beaten path is not going to be as easy. And I'm, I'm I mean, like logistically, like you walk out of the airport in Thailand and it's like, how would you like to get to your hotel? Here are your options. They just like present themselves to you. It's so right. easy. You could like trip and fall into the right taxi or something. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's just very much set up for tourism. And so um, that's another thing is if, if we didn't mention, you know, I mean, obviously there's so many destinations, but if we don't, if we didn't mention the place where you might be thinking about going, um, you know, is it on the main tourist track? Cause if it is, it's gonna, it's, it's likely gonna be really easy to travel there. And basically the way you tell is if everybody talks about it, like Costa Rica is another one. A lot of people talk about yeah. Costa Rica. It's really easy to, 
to get around in Costa Rica to make it work because they're used to tourism. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Definitely. So let's talk about, um, you have a really cool post on your site that I kind of want to actually highlight and go through. And we're going to link to this as well because it's really, I think, comprehensive. But you basically wrote down your answers to nine questions about solo travel. And um, I wonder if we can just kind of fire through these because I I love this post. So I'm going to just ask you some of these and we can just kind of talk about them. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) So (laughs) the first one might be my favorite. (laughs) I might have to read your answer, actually. Isn't solo travel dangerous as a female? (laughs) What do you say to that? Well... (laughs) Obviously, by just listening to this interview, you probably already know my answer. But no, it's definitely not dangerous just because you're a female. And and yes, this post is more geared towards like solo female travel, mm-hmm. um, just because it's it's been a really hot topic in the past year or so. And especially because I've seen tons of comments from people who clearly are not travelers, just kind of, uh, I guess, automatically assuming that like, if I'm a woman traveling alone that I'm going to get murdered or, yeah. you know, something terrible is going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. But it's really not the case. Um, I, I actually hate the question, like, isn't solo travel dangerous as a female? Um, because it's it's like, it's just one of those, like, sexist things. Like, mm-hmm. people just assume females are are weak or, or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that, like, travel isn't different for females because it definitely is. I mean, I think life in general is different for a woman Absolutely. than a man. And I'm not just talking about, you know, like, every day-to-day stuff, but even just, like, safety-wise. I mean, there are things that I would not do on my own at home in Ohio. And, and so it's just mm-hmm. – it's a matter of – when you're traveling alone as a female, it's not necessarily any more or less dangerous than doing something alone at home. Yeah. It's, it's essentially the same. And actually, I think when you're traveling as a female abroad, um, people tend to want to look after you more, especially if you're going to destinations where maybe they don't see a lot of solo travelers or especially a lot of solo female travelers. You know, people will come up to you and they'll be like, oh, are you by yourself? And then if you say yes, they'll offer to like help you mm-hmm. figure out where you're going or, or maybe just have a chat with you. So I actually think it might be safer to be to be alone <laughs> in a different country than alone like in the United States sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just basically tell people, especially women, when you're traveling alone, just don't do anything you wouldn't do at home. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to go out to a bar and get drunk and then like take a ride from a stranger in Ohio. Right. Yeah. So why would you, it? why would you do it in like yeah. Ireland or Turkey or anywhere else in the world? So yeah. it's just kind of a matter of just being smart and just not putting yourself in a situation that you wouldn't put yourself in at home. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And I am going to read the first part of this answer. It says, I actually hate this question. It's kind of like asking, isn't going to the grocery store alone dangerous? (laughs) Because the answer, of course, is no. Traveling alone is not inherently dangerous, regardless of your gender. So, yes, perfect. Awesome. Okay. How do you keep your money and valuables safe? Let's just go through this one quick because... This, I mean, obviously applies to anyone, anyone traveling whatsoever. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're alone. Absolutely. Um, but I think I think when you're alone, it's like it's something you're more aware of because obviously you don't have somebody to kind of like 
watch your bag while you go to the bathroom or, yep. <laughs> you know, help you keep an eye on things. So it is like a really um, important thing to think about before you're going to travel anywhere solo. And even if you're not going to a place where, you know, like pickpocketing or theft is an issue. I mean, there are some places where anything you, any tips you read about going to XYZ, somebody will mention, you know, make sure to keep an eye on your valuables. Um, but for me, I mean, there's a couple different things that I do to keep things safe. Um, on travel days, like when you have to be carrying all of your stuff with you at once, um, I base, I make sure that all of my really valuable stuff. So like my laptop and my camera and Mm -hmm. my, my main wallet is in a bag that's like on the front of my body or a bag that I can see really easily. So that it's just kind of like, you know, in, in your sight line is always safer Um, but I also will make sure to, I always bring a backup credit card and debit card and some backup cash. And I put that in a different part of my luggage than my main wallet. Um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, so just in case my wallet gets stolen, I have backups, you know, I don't have to freak out about how I'm going to get money or, or whatever. I usually hide about like a hundred dollars USD somewhere else in my luggage, whether it's, I mean, some people really, really like to hide their, their money, their, their backup stuff. Um, I just put it like kind of in a, a pocket that's like inside my luggage that would be very hard to get to if I'm just like carrying my, my bags around. Yeah. Um, I do the same thing. thing. I do that too. Yeah. Just having, having backups hidden somewhere Mm -hmm. is great. Um, when you're actually just like, you know, walking around sightseeing and stuff like that in the city, Um, I would just say, obviously don't take anything, don't take more than you would be willing to lose with you, I think is a good tip. So, you know, you don't need all of your cash or all of your credit cards in your wallet when you're out sightseeing. Um, you also don't need to bring all your electronics, you know, you can put that in your safe in your room or if you're at a hostel, make sure that you have a lock for a locker and just make sure that it's locked up safe. Um, there, there are also like portable safes that you can buy that a lot of travelers will use in, um, places like Central America or Asia or where, you know, they might be a little bit more wary about their belongings left in a hotel room. Um, and then I don't know, I guess just like use common sense. Like if you're, um, riding public transportation, whether it's like a subway or a bus or something, you know, don't, don't be oblivious to your surroundings. Like, I mean, yeah, you might want to get out your phone and and play on your phone, but don't, um, ignore where you put your backpack or don't. Oh yeah. You you just want to be careful when you're, when you're in a public place where it would be easy for someone to take advantage of you not paying attention. Right. That one I think is, yeah, don't ever put it down, even at your feet. Because it might not be there at the next moment. I mean, and I always say, make sure that you have uh, that your purse or whatever it is that it zips closed. And another thing about public transportation is if you are going to be in busy areas that are really shoulder to shoulder, and this happens a lot, you know, metros or even just busy uh, like piazzas, walking around places, plazas, whatever. I always use that word in Italian. Um, but you can lock your bags closed with safety pins. So... I mean, if it's something that is going to, you know, because basically all you have to do is is make them pass on to the next person, you know, make it difficult. Right. A, a lot of times, yeah, when it comes to pickpocketing, I mean, it's an issue that is prevalent in just about any large city, no matter what country you're in, you're always going to want to be aware that that's a possibility. 
But generally, people who are pickpocketing, they will just go for the easiest target. So if you make it difficult for them, they're not going to bother because they, number one, they don't want to get caught. And number two, they don't want to have to work too hard. Right. (laughs) No, it has to be quick and easy. So yeah, don't make it easy for them. Um, You know, I actually often will use um, bags by a company called PackSafe. They make some really great like pocket proof um, purses and backpacks and that sort of thing where they they actually have little like clasps and stuff to where you can't just like unzip the bag easily Mm -hmm. Um, or like they make it with slash proof material and that sort of thing. So even just investing in something like that is like a really, really easy way to help ensure that you're not going to be an easy target. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Um. Cool. Let's go to the next one. I actually want to talk about this one. How do you deal with loneliness? This is yeah. such a brilliant question, I think, because it does happen. I mean, you can't say that it doesn't, right? It does. No, no, it absolutely does. And I mean, I, I definitely like to go by the quote that like, you know, being alone doesn't always mean lonely. Right. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's just a misconception in, in general. People think that, oh, you know, if you're single or if you're doing this, this or this alone, then that must be, <laughs> oh, you're sad and lonely, which isn't true at all. And it's the same with solo travel. Just because you're, you're doing things alone doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be lonely. But having said that, you know, when you're traveling by yourself, especially for an extended period of, t- period of time, you definitely do feel that loneliness you know, at least a couple times, you might get homesick, you might, you know, you might come across an evening where you really want to go out, or maybe you want to go out to dinner, and you're just like, I really, really wish I had somebody with me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes you like go down into that pit of like, oh, what was me? Lonely. (laughs) It absolutely does happen. Mm -hmm. Travel is not all rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) Um, But I mean, there are some like really easy things you can do when you are feeling lonely. And some of them we've already talked about before, like just going on a a group tour, whether it's for a couple days or sometimes, uh, especially when I go to new cities, I like to go on walking tours. Mm -hmm, Me too. Uh, Yeah. Excuse me. A lot of cities, especially like in Europe, they'll, they'll offer free walking tours where you just, you know, go to a meeting place at a certain time and then go take a tour of the city with a bunch of other people. That's a great way to meet other travelers who are also new in the city. Um, or like I said, small group tours or day trips. Um, I sometimes will book day trips just to like be around other people. Uh, what else? Sometimes where you're staying can definitely impact how you're like whether you're lonely or not. Mm-hmm. When I first started traveling, I used to stay in hostels most of the time, uh, which you know is definitely a form of accommodation that people associate most with backpackers or like young young college students and that sort of thing. But the fact of the matter is, anybody can stay in a hostel, and these days, especially in Europe, I've noticed hostels. Um, are becoming more of like something that anybody can use. They have private rooms. They have hostels that are considered like luxury hostels now that are a little bit more expensive, but you know, you obviously get what you pay for. And so sometimes just staying in a more social form of accommodation, whether that's a hostel or uh, one of my favorite ways to book accommodation now is through a site like Airbnb or like an apartment rental Mm -hmm. where sometimes you can actually just book a room in someone's house or apartment. So like you automatically are are meeting people or maybe staying in a guest house 
where, you know, you might share meals with the other guests. So just kind of thinking of ways to where you're not just like alone in your hotel room at night, right? If you are kind of in a situation where it's easy to be social where you're staying, that sometimes helps. Um, What else? I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's just for me, I mean, I'm a pretty introverted person when I'm traveling. So I tend to actually enjoy time alone. But if I am, you know, hitting a day where I just like, I'm feeling a bit down or a bit lonely or just like, I wish that I had somebody with me. Um, sometimes I'll just go somewhere where there are a lot of people, uh, maybe like go hang out in a piazza, like you mentioned before, or, um, maybe go to a, I don't even know, go to like a sporting event or maybe like a, a park where there's some live music or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, just like going somewhere where there are other people. Like even if you're not planning to try and strike up conversation with strangers, just sometimes being around other people can help you feel a little bit less lonely. And maybe you'll even stumble across something really cool in the process. Yes. I love that. And actually on that note, do you have any, like what is a cool thing that has happened to you because you were alone? that you don't think would have happened otherwise, like a success story like that? Oh, man. Um, I mean, like, there was one time that I was in Costa Rica, and there it was around Halloween, actually, and there was a, like, a costume party, you know, Halloween uh, style party, whatever, in a town nearby, but it was at night, and there wasn't, I mean, we were, like, in the rural area, Um, there were no buses or anything at that time of (laughs) night, but my friends were going and they all have, uh, dirt bikes there. Like that's how they get around. So the only reason that I got to go is because I was one person and I could fit on the back of a bike, (laughs) you know, like if I had people with me, we would not have been able to go because there would not have been enough like space, you know? And I mean, we couldn't walk there. It was like 10 kilometers away or something like that. Um, and instead I got to go and be part of this really cool experience on Halloween, just something that I hadn't done before in, you know, a foreign country. And actually that was a lie. I've done it before, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was cool. It was a, it was a fun experience that I was by myself. Um, I mean, just recently I got to go to dinner with like six people who were speaking languages all other than English and, if someone else was with me, it wouldn't have been as fun because of the language thing, because it was so fun to like learn some Romanian words and try and speak German. And one of the ladies spoke Italian. And I mean, my hosts that I was with do speak English, but they're not, it's not their first language. And so it was really fun to just like be immersed into the culture of the moment and trying to learn these language. I mean, I was sitting there mostly staring at everyone, just like trying to my, my, (laughs) my language brain, like trying to learn as much as I possibly could. It was so fun. But something like that, something like that happened to you. Yeah, I mean, and and there are just like little things like that that happen all the time. Like, you know. Exactly, yeah. I don't know what, like, yeah, when I was in Norway earlier this year, like I was uh, eating dinner by myself. So I was like at, you know, a table for one at this restaurant and stuff. And this (laughs) couple couple that was sitting at the table next to me just like started chatting. And we like ended up talking for like two hours in this restaurant just about travel and Mm. like all sorts of different things. And um 
I think, I mean, I mentioned before that I think when you're traveling solo, people are more likely to approach you and like want to talk to you and, and yeah, offer you like cool opportunities. Like let's go to this Halloween party or, or whatever. Um, just because, I mean, I, I think intrinsically we just, we want other people we meet to have fun. And, um, I think, and maybe this goes back to that conception or that misconception of, you know, if you're alone, you must be lonely. So when other people like see a solo traveler, they're like, oh, poor solo traveler. Let me help you, you know, not be lonely. Um, But yeah, I think I think traveling alone just kind of opens you up to more of those things. Um, Yeah, I I mean, another one that I was thinking about, but this I wasn't completely by myself. This was when I was on a um, a small group tour in Eastern Europe. Excuse me. Um, but me and one of the other people on the tour decided that we wanted to go to like a water park when we were in Bulgaria because it was so freaking hot. It was like, you know, like 97 degrees. And we had heard a, about this like hotel that had like a water, like, you know, a bunch of water slides and pools and stuff. And we're like, oh, we should go there. So we ended up walking all the way to the hotel only to find out that their water park was closed. Oh, sad. Which is kind of a bummer. But as we were leaving, we ran into this guy who had been our, our tour guide for a walking tour the day before. So he was a local. He was, like, from this town. And he was, like, he was also headed to the water park at this hotel. And he was oh. like, oh, crap. You know, like, it's closed and stuff. And um, so then he was like, okay, well, I know of another one. Let me call my girlfriend. And so him and his girlfriend took me and this other guy um, out, like, outside the city, like, half an hour to this, like, massive water park. <laughs> he just, like, hung out with them all day and, like, went down water slides and stuff. And, yeah, it's just, like, those little little connections like that that wouldn't necessarily happen maybe if you're if you're traveling with a bunch of friends or, yep, totally. you know, and just the fact that we, like, had met him on this, like, walking tour. And, yeah, yeah. Fun, fun little stuff like that happens a lot when you're... It, it really does. And it's because you're more open to it, honestly, and you can't really help it. I mean, when you're with someone else, it's really easy to completely lose focus of all things except for that person because it's really easy to. They're your companion. That's who you talk with. That's who you eat with, everything. And so when you remove that, suddenly that energy, you know, gets expanded into the rest of everything else. And you kind of are much more, I think, present um, or at least sure. aware of, of everything that's going on. It's, it's yeah, a fascinating thing. You're, yeah, you're at least more like open to meeting other people and, and letting those like random things happen. Right. Yeah, like you said, right. when you're when you're traveling with, um, especially like a significant other, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I love traveling with my boyfriend, like when he is able to get off work and stuff like that. But yeah, I definitely notice it. Like we just went to Iceland in November. And we did a couple of like overnight trips while we were there. And Mm -hmm. I totally did notice that because I was with him, I found myself talking a lot less to the other people in our group. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like, you know, I was really comfortable just chatting with him. And I was like, I don't need to talk to anybody else. But I was like, actually aware at one point, I was like, if I was here by myself, I would totally be talking to every single other person here rather than just like one person. So it is a totally different way of, of interacting with people when you travel. Completely. It's crazy. And you know what? It's in that, that 
I think that whole personal growth thing happens. It's in that space where there isn't anyone else there. And so you're forced to hang out with yourself and see how yourself reacts to all these things by yourself, you know, and that it's powerful. It's powerful. Definitely. And you can really make it what you want it of it. I mean, travel, solo travel can be anything you want it to be. It's crazy. It's really cool. For sure. If, if you're the type of person who's like super social, like you can still be that way when you're traveling solo or on the other side of the spectrum. If you're a person that's kind of a little bit more shy or more introverted or who really just likes being alone, that's perfect for solo travel it as is. well. Because, yeah, it's totally up to you what kind of travel experience you have when you're on your own. You don't have to worry about like what your travel companion wants to do or see or you know if they're like a picky eater you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about finding restaurants that they'll like you can literally just make the experience whatever you want it to be yeah and you don't even have to be the way that you are at home you can try new things because no one knows you out there you can be whatever it's really cool (laughs) so do you have one piece of advice that you would give to, let's go with females specifically, considering traveling solo, what would you say to them? Um, I would say don't let anyone, especially the media, talk you out of it or make you feel scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, we already talked about this before, but I think um, especially now when when – the, the media is so prevalent. I mean, we, we're all on social media every single day. Um, whether you watch the news on TV or not, you're getting all the news on Facebook and Twitter and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And you're seeing all the things that are <clears throat> that are happening around the world. And I think a lot of times, I mean, the media does tend to focus on the negative, right? So if something bad happens in a country, that's what they focus on. And, and they... Sometimes I think make the world seem really scary yeah. and it's not, it's not scary. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I live in the United States and the United States I think is one of the scariest countries out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just in, in terms of what can happen to a person here. Absolutely. Uh, You're right. Lives here. Yeah. So, so to see all of these news outlets and stuff make other places seem so scary and make them seem so dangerous. I mean, the U S state department issued a travel warning for like all of Europe after the Paris attack, <laughs> right? Yeah. which I just thought was hilarious, but also kind of detrimental because I mean, <clears throat> the alert didn't actually say, you know, okay, the world is dangerous. It basically just said, if you're traveling, you know, just be aware of your surroundings, keep an eye on your stuff, be conscious when you're on public transport. I mean, that's all stuff that you should do anyway. You right. shouldn't need a travel to tell you that. But just the fact that they issued an alert, I yeah. think, um, made Europe sound a lot scarier to people. And so some people were like, oh, you know, may- maybe I don't want to go there. Maybe I shouldn't travel there. And I think for solo female travelers, especially those sorts of messages, um, are thrown at us a lot more forcefully because again, we're women and we're taught that we are weaker and that we're not as capable as men and that, you know, we should be more scared of things than, than the the opposite sex. And none of that is true, but it's just kind of what gets ingrained in our brains. And so when you couple that with somebody telling you the world is scary and dangerous and you should never go there, um, I think it just, 
it, it makes a lot of women think twice. And so I would just say, you know, it's fine to think twice about it, but if it's something that you really want to do, don't let other people scare you away from it. Like just, just do it because I don't think, I don't really think I know any women who have traveled solo who say that they regret it. You know, oh, yeah. I, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That's awesome advice. And thank you for, I'm going to have to wrap this up. We could talk all day. I know we could. Um, <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And let, with before you go, why don't you tell us one more time where we can find you um, if people want to follow you? Sure. So my blog is called A Dangerous Business. You can just Google A Dangerous Business Travel Blog or just go to www.dangerous-business.com. Uh, you can find me on social media. My page is just a dangerous business on Facebook and then on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, all of those other places. I'm just at dangerous biz, all one word biz with a Z. So that's where you can find me. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much. And, um, good luck with your dangerous business going forward. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, there you have it. I know we went a little long. I really could talk about that all day long. Um, as always, you can find the show notes for this episode. I'm going to link to the blog post that we talked about, plus some more information about Bus About if you guys want to hear it from me at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 60. And don't forget to check out Amanda's site, A Dangerous Business. And also don't forget that if you ever have questions about anything travel related, head on over to the Budget Minded Traveler community on Facebook, which you can find through the the page at facebook.com slash the Budget Minded Traveler. There are new threads started every day. We have well over 700 people in there now. So feel free to join the conversation there. And one more thing, next week we have two special episodes going live on the podcast with some very special guests, plural. So Be sure to keep an ear out for those. Thanks for tuning in. You guys have a good day.